Welcome to the Mind Food Podcast, where we delve into the world of smart thinking content. I'm your host, Michael McHugh, the founder of Mind Food, where we believe in providing our listeners with the latest and greatest in community, health, beauty, and style, home and travel, food and drink, and much more. Join us as we explore fascinating topics, interview experts, and provide insights into living your very best life. This is the Mind Food Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to General Manager of Regent Seven Seas Cruises, Lisa Pyle. Lisa, what's your favourite destination? Europe is always fantastic, I have to say. I am a bit of a China file. I spent a number of years living in China, and I do think it is an absolutely fascinating country. It is a huge country, and it's so diverse. It's very much like it's got the diversity of Australia. So you've got the tropical of Hainan, the tropics, which is like the Chinese Hawaii, or you've got right up through to Siberia, around Harbin, where they do the ice festival. And then you've got Jingjiang province, which is right over in the west of the country, which borders Afghanistan. And then, of course, you've got Hong Kong and you've got Shanghai and then you've got Dalian, which is up near Japan. So it really is a very, very diverse country. So I suppose from that perspective, China is always one of my favourites. I also lived in Tanzania and nothing gets more beautiful than Africa. I mean, they always say about Africa, you leave your heart in Africa and people either love it or they don't. And I absolutely loved it. And, you know, seeing the big five and experiencing safaris, there is nothing quite like Africa. For a general holiday where you want to have fun and have some sun, I mean, of course, there's nothing like the Mediterranean, is there? It's really quite glamorous and and that beautiful turquoise blue ocean is fantastic. And then, of course, Michael, there's another fantastic city, Istanbul. Turkey is amazing. You're mentioning all these places I've never been to, but just listening to you, I want to go now. I know. Do you know the other <laughs> the other places I haven't done, and one of my favourite trips, and I really, really want to do them, is the Stan countries, you know, the Silk yeah. Road. Yeah. So once I've finished cruising, you know, <laughs> later in life, I think I'll do Stan countries. Were you in the cruise industry in China and um, Tanzania no, or not? No, I was actually in the luxury hotel business. Okay. So if you had said to me 10 years ago, Lisa, you're going to end up in luxury cruising, I would have said, Michael, you're bonkers. <laughs> but, you know, I am and I transitioned. And, it, you know, these beautiful Regent Seven Seas cruises, these ships are floating luxury hotels. Yeah. So it's very, very similar, slightly different operations. And I suppose the one advantage that cruising has, or there's many actually, but one of the advantages that cruising has is you've got this magnificent floating hotel and every morning you wake up in a new destination. It's, do you know what I love about cruising is you unpack once. You do unpack like once. I'm a lazy yes. traveller. I love unpacking once and then every day is like a different destination. It's a different destination and peace of mind, Michael. Yeah, but and I also love a sea day because the ships, as you, as you say, are spectacular. So you want to lose yourself in that spa treatment. Goodness knows what. It's so good that you brought that up because we often, we get so caught up in selling itineraries and destinations mm. that we forget that these magnificent ships are destinations in themselves. So you're right. I think, you know, whenever anyone's looking at a, a an itinerary, I always look for a couple of sea days too because I love to relax on our ships. And if I'm in a different port every day and I decide I don't want to go off, I then get FOMO and then I end up going off (laughs) because I think I'm missing out. (laughs) Now, cruising is definitely back. You know, I know bookings are, you know, goodness knows, you know, years ahead. But what has brought it back in such a 
sort of I don't know speed if you like. You it's know, after the pandemic, it's just yeah, extraordinary. Revenge travel, I think. Do you think what it, it is? Do you think I, that I is do? It? But I also think that people realise, you know. People are so over all the hardships that go with mm. and the complications that go with travelling. You know, it's quite difficult these days. That's why I always would always say, you know, book through a travel advisor because you've got your airline tickets, you've got visa issues. You've There's so many parts to planning a fantastic trip. But cruising offers really great value for money. And as we just mentioned, it's peace of mind. But also it's those different destinations. It's the itineraries that are on mm. offer. So it really is a combination of all three. And, you know, look, we're seeing, uh, especially Australians, we're seeing, you know, the Australians not only going overseas now where prior to COVID it was about five weeks, they're now going over for six to eight weeks. Wow. So the length of cruise has gone from an average of 14 nights to an average of 21 nights. So we're finding um, a lot of people combining trips or they might do an ocean cruise, a river cruise, come back and do another ocean cruise. So there's so many different parts to cruising, but it really has come back with a vengeance. We have sailings currently in market right through to May 2025, and we're just about to launch next month our full season 25 right through to June 26. Wow. Now, you can't book airfares, though, that far ahead, can you? So You, you can't can book lock airfares, away but you, you can lock away your cruise, and I would suggest it because don't forget, you know, with Regent, we currently have five ships with a brand-new ship coming online in um, November, so that will be our sixth ship. But these ships have got limited inventory because it's all suite or balcony, mm. so you're not talking about a huge a number of suites, but it's being sold into all over the world. So you just got to make sure that you get in. You want to make sure that you secure the sailing you want, but also the suite type that you want. And there is a suite type for everybody. So I always say to guests and consumers that I meet, look, when you see something that you like, think about it, but don't think too long. And it's mm. not that we're trying to do a hard sell. We're definitely not. We just don't want you to miss out. And what makes Regent Seven Seas different to everyone else? It's our all-inclusive luxury and, you know, it really is all-inclusive. I know the word luxury is banded around and so is all-inclusive, but what I would say to your listeners is when they're looking at a cruise, make sure you write down everything that's included and then break down the price per person per day and that will give you the aha moment and the value. So with Regent, we have all of our shore excursions in every port of call that we visit are all-included all your dining, no nickel and diming on speciality restaurants. It's all included. All your beverages are included. You've got all your laundry included, your Wi-Fi, your prepaid gratuities. On some of our beautiful sailings, we actually also include a free pre or post land program. So that can be two, three or four nights. So there really is nothing that you need money for. There's only three things that I need to help you with, though, that you'll need to bring money for. Um, that is the casino. I can't help you there with gambling if you want to have a little flutter on board. Or I do have to say if you want to shop in the boutiques, mm. uh, which are open when we're out at sea because they're duty-free, and the last is spa treatments. You can use the spa, but the treatments do mm. cost. run our own spas, and it's called Serene Spa and Wellness, and they are okay. absolutely beautiful. For those of your listeners, and I know there's many who are really into their mm. fitness, I am so super impressed with our fitness centres because they are really fitness centres. So we have um, the gymnasiums that are split into two. You have a cardio room. You also have the weights rooms. We do classes every morning. If you do want a personal trainer, there is a cost, but you can have a personal trainer on board as well. 
you know, I went to Alaska a few years ago, Michael, and I would get up every morning and do a 45-minute spinning class before I went out for the day. Wow. You know, so people are fit. You've yeah. got to remember that people that um, sail with us on Regent Seven Seas Cruises are usually quite fit because they're out doing shore excursions all the time. Mm. So you have to have some level of fitness. Now, what about diet, though? Because often the perception of cruises is you get on and then, you know, you're sort of rolling off, you know, 10, 20 Ks heavier. Like if you've got all that wonderful offering in terms of gyms and spas, are there special diets? Are there people there from a nutrition point of view that kind of you can order exactly what you want to eat? You are absolutely right. And, you know, I suppose people have that perception about cruising, but absolutely not necessary. And what we have found actually, and this is a study that's been done, is that the longer you're on a cruise, the more weight you lose. So it's quite interesting. But look. Perhaps I should stay on longer. (laughs) (laughs) We do cater for all diets. I mean, we have vegan and plant based menus. We do offer various different types of dietary requirements. But, you know, we don't do huge big buffets. And so everything's a la carte. So you choose. We actually highlight what dishes are low calorie, what dishes might be vegan, what dishes are celiac, et cetera, et cetera. So it really depends on your dietary requirements. Unfortunately for me, I have none. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I might be one of the rare people that don't have any dietary requirements, but I'm always very careful when I'm on board. Of course, you have to allow yourself a few nice things because, you know, you walk past our coffee connection during the day and there's the waft of the fresh mm. made cookies. Now, I do have to say they have the sugar-free ones, mm. which suit me very well. But, you know, there is so much and there's so many different types of cuisines, but you can eat very healthily. Yeah. Now, you've touched on it. You've got five ships and there's a sixth coming. Absolutely. Tell us about that. Oh, well, another magnificent ship. I mean, I'm talking, you know, in Australian dollars, close to a billion dollars these ships are. They are truly works of art. So the Seven Seas Grandeur will actually join us in November this year and she will be the last of our Explorer-class ships and we have the Seven Seas Explorer, the Seven Seas Splendour and now the Seven Seas Grandeur in that Explorer-class ship She's just over 58,000 tonne. She takes just over 740 passengers and about 559 staff. So really good. We have some of the highest guest-to-space ratios in the industry, but some of the highest guest-to-staff ratios at all. But once again, a magnificent, floating, luxury hotel. She truly is very, very special. With COVID and the pandemic, did you have to rethink the design of that ship Or was there anything in the initial designs that you then tweet afterwards? Don't think specifically to COVID. I mean, we're always looking at what trends are coming up and how we can better the ships. I mean, I remember when we brought on Splendour, which we launched in January 2020, just prior to COVID. And with Splendour, we know that we had received feedback from the Seven Seas Explorer that people wanted back then more alfresco dining. Mm. So what we did was with the coffee connection, we had the coffee connection spill out onto the deck. So then we also brought that in on Explorer and, of course, Grandeur. So there's always different trends and we always listen to the feedback from our guests as well. So there's always tweaks. There's food trends. There's sweet types of trends. There's trends in colour. So we're always trying to better the ships. And then sometimes we have to go back and we look at the existing ships and we bring them back to that level as well. Mm. So it's a constant reinvention of the product to keep it up with the times. And what about technology? Because now often when you go to a luxury hotel, 
it's so techno. You know, you walk know, in you and the it's like, oh, and everything. yes, and it's no longer a key. And, of course, if you are jet-lagged and you wake up halfway through the night, hang on, how do I get to the bathroom? If you're anything it's like so me, and and Michael, I laugh because if you're anything like me and you've got that iPad and I'm pressing yes, every button and the lights are going, it looks like a disco, right? Yeah, we haven't quite got there on the ships, I must admit. I mean, the lovely thing about the ships is that you've still got the you've got the light switch as well. There are definitely some technological advances, like for example, the Wi-Fi. We're currently going through trials with Starlink, so that's going to be quite interesting because Starlink's satellites are much closer to the Earth than what we're currently using. So that kind of technology will continue to evolve, but. You know, from a room perspective, a suite perspective, no, we've still got the good old light switch. Adventure cruising seems to have come from nowhere and and very quickly is a major option now for people. And I think also for a lot of third generations, you know, you can sort of when you get on these ships and it's an adventure sort of style cruise. Where does Region 7 Seas sit within expedition and, and adventure? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually, because Region 7 Seas Cruises is a classic ocean mm. cruising company. Mm. But you are absolutely right. I mean, expedition cruising has just taken off. And what we're seeing in classic ocean cruising, though, is the itineraries that are adventurous. So we have some beautiful itineraries that sell out immediately as soon as they come out. For example, the west coast of Africa. I mean, having lived on the east coast of Africa, I can tell you now, I probably wouldn't do the west coast of Africa overland. However, I would definitely cruise it. Mm. And so that's an itinerary. It's usually about 24, 25 nights. It goes from either Lisbon or Barcelona down to Cape Town. Absolutely beautiful itinerary. Another one is the the ones that tick the box are Vancouver to Tokyo or Tokyo to Vancouver. You get to see that really far point of Alaska. And, you know, Alaska is the only, you can only see Alaska Mm. by a cruise. Mm. So there's those kind of adventures. And then we have Antarctic Scenic Sail By. And that's for those people who are not interested in going in Zodiacs or getting on the ice or leaving the ship. So what we do is we actually start from Buenos Aires or Santiago and we go down the Cape and then we go down and we we cruise the Antarctic Peninsula for four or five days, actually. So it's a scenic sail by Antarctica. You still get to see the magnificent topography of Antarctica and the ice and also the wildlife at that time of year because it's usually around the end of January, early February Mm. that these sailings take place. But absolutely beautiful. So they're really bucket list items. I think Mm. another one that's really been on Australians' agenda is the Amazon Yes, isn't that interesting? Because it's really just the last few years that's really seems to be on people's to-do list. I really agree because I think more and more, once again, you know, South America is a very vast country. Mm. And if anyone's ever travelled through South America, they know the number of different flights you have to get to visit different parts of South America. But cruising South America is absolutely superb and it gives you that idea, especially when you're going off and doing shore excursions or you can go and do overland programs that are included But, um, yeah, definitely the Amazon is a bucket list item. And, and, you know, we cruise three or four days up the Amazon and we stay in Manaus overnight and then we come back again. And people don't realise how vast the Amazon Mm. is. Mm. And it really is one of those, I would say to anybody, if you get a chance, do the Amazon because the different communities up the Amazon, it really, really gives you an idea of how magnificent the Amazon is. So what process does Region 7 Seas go through in terms of those shore excursions? We have an itinerary planning department, but Mm. we also have a destinations team. Mm. And all, you know, we've got this incredibly talented group of people that put together the itineraries. 
But then we had this amazing group of people and all they do is concentrate on destinations. But of course, we use local companies. Mm. So, you know, when we weren't sailing during COVID, a lot of these local companies relied on our business, you know, whether it be uh, shore excursions, whether it be replenishing of food and beverage items, local produce. So people don't realise how much is involved in cruising along the way and how much we support local Mm. communities. And we're always very mindful and very, very respectful of the communities and the environment around. Where do you think is next in terms of emerging trends for destinations because it seems like you know from a novice gosh everything's there to visit but I don't know it always seems that there's a new area opening up or a new destination coming yeah what, what do you think in the future where do you see every year we bring out new ports of call and one of the trends that I'm seeing at the moment is definitely the Middle East you know don't forget you've got Saudi Arabia opening mm. up we have a magnificent sailing Dubai to Athens And it starts off in Dubai, goes around to Muscat and Oman, and then you go around the Arabian Peninsula up to Jeddah. Now, Jeddah is one of the oldest cities in the world, you know, over 3,000 years old. Then you travel up, you stop and you you overnight in Luxor so you can get to see the Valley of the Kings. You then stop in Aqaba. Aqaba is a wonderful place in Jordan. It's right on the Dead Sea, but it's also the entry point to Petra. You then transverse the Suez Canal. You then stop in Haifa in Israel and you get to see Jerusalem and do Israel. And then you go on to do Ephesus in Turkey. Mm. I mean, Ephesus is absolutely incredible, or Kushidasi, I should say. And then you go on to finishing in Athens and who wouldn't want to finish in Mm. Athens? It's absolutely incredible. So those kind of itineraries are really coming to the forefront as well. And also you've got to remember who's developing their ports. And the Middle East currently is on a mission to develop a lot of their ports so they can get more of this cruise business. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more business, a lot more cruise business going into that Middle East area. That's interesting because actually as a traveller, they're quite hard areas to travel around on your own on land. Correct. Whereas a cruise is actually an an easy way. You're absolutely right. And, you know, and, and those places, don't forget, in some places like Japan even, which we know Japan, but you've also, when you're cruising, you overcome the language barrier. Mm. So there's so many positives to cruising. I think the other thing I'd like to touch on too is that, you know, we've just launched our Grand Voyages. And having lived in Southern Africa, East Africa, I should say, you know, one of our Grand Voyages starting off in Port Louis in Mauritius, and it goes to the Comoros Islands and Madagascar. I mean, these are places that you just probably wouldn't travel to via air. Mm. So there's these lovely destinations that you can really only get to by cruising. Mm. So there's so much, Mark. I mean, there's so much of the world that we still have to discover. So it will really be dependent, I think, in the future on who develops ports Mm. and what is available for our clientele when they get there. Because we don't just pull up a ship and then we tell everyone to stay on board. We want them to go out and discover and also invest in the local communities. Mm. Do you get a lot of repeat guests? I'd imagine you would. But have they done their research before they get on board? Like, are they really seasoned travellers? Yes, they are. You know, most cruise people are actually quite discerning travellers. And Mm. cruising, definitely, we have a very, very high repeat guest rate, more than anything I've ever seen in hotels. And what do you put that down to? I just think very loyal guests. People who actually say to me, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse than cruising. And I always say to them, have you cruised? They never have cruised. Mm. So once people cruise, it really gets into their blood. And I think that's when people realise, what a fantastic opportunity, great value for money, 
But more importantly, you meet like-minded people. Mm. You find your tribe. And that's why there is a cruise and a cruise line for everybody. So I would let your listeners know to make sure they do their research because you can make lifelong friends. You meet the most incredible people on cruising. Mm. So look, yes, very high repeat guest rate. People do do their research, Michael. I mean, people look at the number one item that people look at when they're cruising is itinerary. Mm. You know, and then it might be, you know, where can I take my family? So then maybe the mum and dad has cruised and they say, well, let me look at taking our children. And when I'm saying children, I'm saying children my age, mm. you know, so mm. 50. Um, come on. 50 ish. <laughs> heavy Lisa, on the, come heavy on. on the ish. <laughs> so then, you know, then we might say, well, let's go to the Mediterranean because it's a great family holiday. And, you know, I was mentioning earlier, I think one of the lovely things about cruising is that you can have a family holiday or a couple's holiday mm. or a friend's holiday together, but you don't have to be in each other's pockets. Mm. Do you know the other thing I always think is overlooked with cruising is it can be relaxing. Oh, it's so relaxing. And because the thing is, not only on those sea days, but there is something about finding that corner on a ship. It might be up on a deck in the sun. It, it might not be in the sun. It might be that nook where you love to do the Sudoku, read your book, have a gin and tonic, whatever. But it's, it's actually really relaxing. You can get away from everyone if you want. And that's actually one of the things I love is just to sort of escape and find your little posse. Well, that's exactly right. Now, you know, how many people decide they're going on holidays and they want to be by the seaside? Yeah. Because the sea is so calming. Mm. So, you know, once again, you're absolutely right. On board these ships, there's always a nook and cranny that you can get away from. Or don't forget, with Regent, you've got this all suite or balcony. So you can even sit on your own balcony, which is what I tend to do. You know, I tend to get a book and just sit there or I just look out. It is so mm. calming, I have to say. But that blue ocean and the colours, the different colours of the waters is mm. incredible as you're cruising around. It really is very, very special. Australia and New Zealand as a destination seems to be really on everyone's radar for locals as well. Not yes, just close to home sailing. Exactly, not just international guests. And I think it's interesting what you said before where, you know, people are instead of perhaps going for four or five weeks, they're now going for seven or eight. And I think it's almost that I want to fly once. I don't want to go two or three times in a year. I'll go once and I'll do it a lot. You know, I'll really immerse myself in it. Correct. What do you think it is, the appeal about staying in these waters around Australia and New Zealand? Don't forget we lost three years of travel. A lot of people are still a little bit apprehensive, and especially if you're a little older now as well. For those people who want to, like my parents are in their 80s, they don't want to go overseas. Mm. So, you know, it's really nice to be able to cruise around Australia or New Zealand or cruise from Singapore, which is a great mm. destination, an easy destination to get to and come back down mm. to Australia. Or for the young ones who love to go to Bali, but they want to cruise back. So we've got the Bali to Sydney route or the Sydney to Bali route. So there really is something for everyone. I mean, you cannot get any more popular at the moment than Japan. I mean, Japan and Southeast Asia are huge with Australian Kiwi travellers. Japan is quite an expensive destination mm. to do by land. So once again, you get to see a lot of Japan when you cruise. I think you overcome the language barrier. I think it's the time of year that we're there. We're there for cherry blossom season, mm. but also fall season. So for those people who've done Japan during cherry blossom season, they're now going again in September, October to see the fall colours. I was very privileged this earlier this year, just only a month or so ago, to be in Japan for the second time. And when I first got there in mid-March, the cherry blossom buds were there. When I went back 10 days later, they were in full bloom. 
and I just felt like I was in fairyland. And, yeah. you know, I'm not a gardener. I live in an apartment. But I had no <laughs> idea that there were different colours of cherry blossoms. You had a moment, didn't I you? I had a moment because I'm thinking <laughs> I thought all cherry blossoms were pink. No, no, no. Cherry blossoms come in very different colours. And was it as beautiful as it looks? It, you know, like, beyond. Yeah. Beyond. I mean, mm. if someone hasn't done it, You've got to do it. Tokyo in cherry blossom. I didn't get down to Kyoto. I only did Tokyo, I have to be honest. But it was truly magnificent. Mm. Well worth a trip. Well worth a trip, yes. So let me ask you this. Where is your next cruise to? Well, my mother is Norwegian. Well, she's Australian but Norwegian background. And I've promised her I would take her to Norway. So the next cruise I'm doing is taking my mother on a Norwegian fjord cruise, probably from Stockholm to Copenhagen. I haven't done that cruise before, but I'm told it's truly magnificent. Oh, you'll have a great time. Northern sure. Europe has actually been going very, very well for us. Beautiful part of the world. And, of course, in summer you get the very, very long nights. And also because we've got the smaller ships with Regents, we really get to go very deep into the fjords. Yeah. So well worthwhile. Lisa, at the end of every show I ask all our guests, what has been in your lifetime your favourite meal? My most favourite meal Oh, that's a really hard one. Do you know, I spent a lot of time in Spain and I do have to say the casualness of sitting in a little cafe or going to one of those stand-up bars and having those pinches or just mm. some tapas, I don't know if it gets any better than that. It's I mean, I, I must good, say yeah. I'm a bit of a casual eating style person and I do love the share plates. I love the share sharing in China. Yeah. I love that whole Mediterranean sharing and the tapas in Spain. I would have to say Spanish tapas. Where's your favourite spot in Spain? Oh, Barcelona. Yes. Barcelona. And also down the Costa Brava. Costa Brava is absolutely beautiful. So that's the coastline for your listeners where you go between Barcelona and the west coast of France. So going up towards the Basque region. Yeah, that, that is, is food, you know, yeah. for Australians, yeah. that is foodie paradise. I mean, you call into these beautiful little inlets. Uh, we cruise down the coast also, but you call into these gorgeous little inlets and you'll go into a little cafe bistro and you'll have, you know, beautiful lobster um, paella. Mm. Uh, it is absolutely divine, fresh from the ocean that day, absolutely perfect. You can't get better food than that. Lisa, I think it's time for lunch. I know, <laughs> and I feel like a rosé. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> If you want to know more about Region 7 Seas, check out the show notes. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and review. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and online. Also, be sure to check out Mind Food magazine for even more smart thinking content. I'm Michael McHugh. Thanks for listening.